A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, you guys. This is Misty, and this is Lattes and Legends. Good evening. Sunday night, I... Um, at home and not my shop studio whatever you want to call it Um, and I am a little bamboozled with shit I have to do and I'm just trying to get it done before I go to bed which at this point maybe 10 minutes after never anyway I'm trying to stay positive and uh, if it gets done it gets done if it doesn't it doesn't um, this is podcast number 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to say thanks to all the new listeners, all the new Twitter followers, um, Facebook likes and followers, Instagram followers. And yeah, if you want to share some of your urban legends, you can still email me at lattesandlegends at gmail.com. Um, also, coffee mugs and stickers are still available. Hey, I'm looking at some options for t-shirts. Um, but I'll add that up to my list of things to do. Sorry, guys. I'm a hot fucking mess this weekend. Um, it could be the fact that I've had two cups of coffee um, in the past week. Yeah, guys. Two cups of coffee. Um, I, um, I've got some really bad vertigo happening and there is a direct link to my vertigo and my caffeine slash coffee intake. So, um, yeah, there's that. So currently I'm having a blueberry tea and it's delicious and it's nice and chilly outside. So it's just what I need. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my recap of the week. It's been nuts. I feel like I took the weekend off and went out of town, I don't know, at the beginning of the month, and I still haven't caught up, so you guys probably know how it goes. 
anyway, um, Halloween is coming. It's turning chilly. I love it so much. It's just that briskness when I wake up in the morning and I love it. It's absolutely amazing. So I'm going to roll with this since I'm kind of a mess. Have I mentioned I'm a hot mess this weekend? Hot mess express. All right. Um, so I'm going to talk about some Texas urban legends. The first one is the Marfa lights. As in Marfa lights. Not like Marfa lights. It's two words, not one. I apologize if I made it sound like one. So I used Wikipedia, good old tried and true, lifescience.com, and atlasobscura.com. So the Marfa lights are this mysterious glowing orbs that are in the desert outside of West Texas in a town called Marfa. Um, according to eyewitnesses, the Marfa lights appear to be roughly the size of basketballs and are white, blue, yellow, and red in color. Um, sometimes they hover, sometimes they twinkle, sometimes they'll split in two, they'll flicker, and then they'll float or dart across the desert. Um, it really seems that there's no way to predict when the lights will appear. Uh, they've been seen in different weather conditions, so many people say it's not a weather thing. No one really knows what they are, if they exist, or what they do. So, um, I found a lot of uh, info on this, and I thought it was cool um, that there's a Marfa Lights Viewing Center. And you can see it for yourself. Um, the super fun fact that I found out was um, when James Dean was filming the movie Giant, he was obsessed with the Marfa lights. Uh, if you know me, you know my obsession with James Dean. So, you know, it made me really happy to read that he is... He was also into this. Um, so basically, when he was filming this movie, he would keep a telescope on the on him, and he would try to look at night and catch glimpses of Marfa lights. So ghost lights are an ancient phenomenon that occurs everywhere in the world. Some people call them orbs. Some people call them swamp lights. Some people call them will o' the wisps. It's really hard to say when the Marfa lights first appeared to people. There are sightings dating back to the 19th century, but the first known printed account showed up in 1957 in an issue of Coronet Magazine, where they referred to them as the Texas Ghost Lights. So are they real? Mm -mm -mm. There are many theories as to what causes them. Some people say that they're paranormal. Some people say they're ethereal spirits. Um, they're the luminous remains of lost souls. But then there's some people that say they're aliens, UFOs, the like. 
Um, and then the super skeptics tend to believe that the lights are just reflections of campfires and headlights of passing cars on the roads that are nearby, which any of this could be plausible. Um, there have been two notable studies on the Marfa lights. One was done by the Society of Physics students at University of Texas in 2004. And another study was conducted four years later by a group of scientists from Texas State University. The Texas State scientists spent 20 nights um, using spectroscopic technology to observe the lights. Both studies came to similar conclusions that the Marfa lights were most likely caused by the headlights of cars driving by on Highway 67 or the small campfires in the distance. Mm. A lot of people completely deny the scientific evidence and say, no way, these are magical lights. Um, there is one particular man who wrote in Texas Monthly named Michael Hall, and he said, quote, My wife and I got married in Alpine six years ago, and the night before, the wedding party wound up at the viewing area. Alcohol was involved, and so was a lot of loud talk. There were more than a dozen of us. And just as a funny movie is funnier with a group of people, so is a mystery more mysterious. We all, agree, we all agreed, no way, those were car lights. Um, Hall wanted badly to believe that these were not car lights. Um, so he did his own research with telescopes, and uh, then he started to have, it, have some doubts. So, yeah, not really sure where his um, story ended, but, but apparently that's all I got, because I'm so bad at taking notes. Anyway, um, in Texas, these lights can easily be spotted from the same location every night that they are seen. That would suggest that we, what we're seeing is not supernatural, but something rational, Maybe it's been distorted. Maybe it's just unfamiliar. No one really knows. Um, so, a lot of people say that this could be caused by an optical illusion that's commonly known as heat haze or heat shimmer. Um, it occurs when extreme heat near the surface of the road reflects the from blah blah reflect. Oh my gosh, refracts from the light from the sky. In simple terms, the ground becomes a mirror and reflects the sky. During daylight hours, when there's not too much going on on the horizon, your brain interprets this heat haze as water. However, the haze from the layers of air can actually create a mirror image, also known as an inverted mirage, when it's in front of something like a mountain. The effect of which is to make something in the distance seem to appear upside down, like it's being reflected in a pool of water that simply isn't there. Now, think about the headlights on cars or campfire lights at night, and then think about the optical illusion. So there's that to ponder as well. Um, there, so we think about all this stuff, and then we have to look back that the first reports of these lights actually happened in 1850s. 
Um, and Texas didn't even have roads or cars then. So could it be Lost Souls? Could it be campfires that close to New Mexico? Maybe it's aliens? Don't really know. So there's lots lots of speculation on what causes the lights. Um, Some believe it is a ghost of an Apache chief who haunts the area. Others claim it's space aliens and they're trying to contact us. Or it's the ghost of the Spanish conquistadors. Hmm. Um. I read some funny, funny, funny speculations that uh, some people have put flashlights on jackrabbits and set them loose, and it's to scare the shit out of people. I don't know. That sounds torturous to jackrabbits. Um, other explanations were glowing gases or electric charges caused by igneous rock. So, that's the speculation on that. Um, a lot of scientists say that these lights are real, um, but they're an atmospheric illusion. So,. Uh, I don't really know where to go on this. Um, my Texans, I know I have a lot of you in my life. Please tell me if you've seen the Marfa lights. Um, I watched a lot of videos on it, and it looks really cool to me. Uh, I just don't know where I stand on what they are exactly. Um, maybe I just have to go there. Maybe I'll put that on my to-do list. Add it in. Um, so, that's all I got on the Marfa lights. Not really creepy, but this next one is creepy. This is the nurse at Bexar County Hospital. I got information at weirdus.com, um, wideopencountry.com, and texasmonthly.com, slash articles, slash the death shift. Mm-mm-mm. So, according to legend, a, mis- a murderous apparition went from room to room at the old Bexar County Hospital, killing patients in order of their room number. On one particular ward, patients kept asking about the, quote, nurse in the old-fashioned uniform. The hospital staff was very concerned and confused, and they would check the security monitors and they would notice pe- that patients were behaving strangely, speaking to someone that wasn't there, or grasping for something when there was nothing in front of them. So the staff became more suspicious when patients started dying in room number order. The deaths ended when the next room in sequence was vacant. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So, um, from what I have gathered about... This, this is in, sorry, um, this is in San Antonio. So I'm just going to go from here. One morning in October 1981, after finishing up a nursing shift in the pediatric intensive care unit at Bexar County Hospital in San Antonio, Suzanne Maldado stepped into the office of her boss. Pat Belko was the head ICU nurse and was a 25-year-old registered nurse 
that was fantastic at her job. Um, Susanna Maldano um, was also amazing at her job, and so she wanted to talk to her um, head nurse about um, the number of babies that were dying in ICU. Um, these babies were dying of conditions that shouldn't have even been fatal. And uh, about three to a, about, sorry, uh, and these babies were under care of one single nurse, and her name was Janine Jones. So the head nurse, Belko, knew the ICU nurses had been trading such talk for weeks, maybe even months, but she just thought it was gossip. <coughs> so there were many accusations, but Belko was like, stop talking shit about your co-workers. It's done. It's over with. It's not real. So Maldano um, looked through the book, the census book in the ICU, and she said there had been way too many children dying. So she found out how many children had died during sudden emergencies and on which nursing shift the deaths had occurred. It looks really bad, she told Belko. So Belko and Maldano went down the hall. Um, and they walked through to the eight-bed pediatric intensive care unit. This was a whole different world than Belko had ever seen before. Um, the children were mostly still and silent, asleep on their beds, hooked up to tubes and monitors. The pediatric ICU was where Bexar sent its critically ill children who could not afford a private hospital. Um, yeah, so there were infants in here with cracked skulls, a two-year-old that almost drowned, and a seven-year-old that had a congenital heart defect. So Bel Belco went over and to the nurse's station and was like, yo, I gotta look at the census book. So she started flipping through it. Maldano had done her homework and all the numbers that she had pulled were correct. And Janine Jones had been the nurse on all of those shifts. So, Belco wants to talk to the uh, ICU director. Um, and she told him what she had learned from the investigation of the census book. And he decided it was time to investigate the nurses on their ships and these children that were dying in the pediatric ICU. Um, so there were some private searches done to see if one of the nurses was indeed killing the children. Um, so in the meantime, there were still children dying in the ICU from explained medical problems. Kids who seemed to be stable suddenly stopped breathing, having seizures, their hearts halted or stopped be started beating irregularly. Um, babies began oozing blood. Um, their clotting mechanisms had gone haywire for some reason. Time and again, the problems developed on the 3 to 11 nursing shift. Time again, it seemed they were developed when Janine Jones was on duty. Around cafeteria tables and in the hallways, a growing number of people began 
calling Janine's hours on duty the death shift. Mm, yikes. So, between May and December of 1981, the last of the hospital's inquiries found that 10 children in the ICU had died after, quote, sudden and unexplained complications. In all 10 of these cases, Jones was present at the child's bedside during what the report gently terms the final events. The report concluded this association with, of Nurse Jones with these deaths of 10 children could be coincidental. However, negligence or wrongdoing cannot be excluded. By the time the report was written, Janine Jones was long gone from Bexar County Hospital, which is now called Medical Center Hospital. Go visit. Lacking definite proof of wrongdoing, fearful of a lawsuit, and bad publicity, the hospital administrators and the deans of the University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio were unwilling to fire Janine Jones, unwilling to call the police, or tip off the district attorney. But the doctors who cared for the patients in the pediatric ICU would not let her remain there. There was simply too much going on that medical science could not explain. Finally... They decided to move out all the nurses, and Janine Jones among them, under the cover of upgrading the nursing staff to consist of only registered nurses and not just trained nurses. Janine Jones and the others were given recommendations and offered other jobs in other parts of the hospital. Jones turned down the offer. And on March 17, 1982, she quit working at Bexar County Hospital. The unexplained events? Oh, they suddenly stopped. Mm-mm. After leaving San Antonio, Jones took a job with a pediatrician in Kerrville. In a period of 31 days, seven of Jones' patients had eight separate medical emergencies. One was a 15-month-old girl named Chelsea Ann McClellan. She died. Janine Jones left the town of Kerrville. Dun-dun-dun. The emergencies stopped. So now the locals say that Janine's ghost has risen at the county hospital. Some say that you can see her creeping past the ICU windows during the death shift. Others report hearing the faint sound of a baby crying during the hospital stay. Fortunately, the murderous trend has not continued, but if you are so unfortunate to have an overnight stay at the hospital, Janine Jones might come visit you. Uh-uh-uh. So yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know, um, sorry, if that is just a crazy urban legend um, that she haunts the hospital um, or what but again I might add this hospital and places to visit or if you've been there let me know tell me what's happened <laughs> yeah anyway um, I think that's going to do it for now I am Uh, yeah, I'm beat. And I still have so much more to do. I know, that one was short and sweet and not very spooky. But, thanks for listening. 
and I will do my best to get two out this coming week, but I cannot promise anything. There will definitely be one next Sunday, and I hope everyone has an amazing week. And yeah, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.